The following content is brought to you by Paul Bramblett, Abigail 13, and Orange Thunder. Hey everyone, welcome back. It is Monday, August 10th. Uh, We have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about uh, on episode 568 of Nintendo Switchcraft. Uh, We're going to cover today whether or not Nintendo is anti-consumer. We're going to talk about possible ports coming to Nintendo Switch as well as uh, the the crash of uh, Crash Bandicoot crashing into Nintendo Switch with Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, probably we'll also talk about other stuff as well on this episode. Listen, everybody, if you didn't already know, Switchcraft is broadcast live every single Monday and Wednesday over on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And it is also broadcast on Fridays over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. If you want to find uh, links to all of this stuff, just go to runjumpstomp.com. Let's get started. Before we get started on all of Nintendo news, I have to again say thank you to you guys. You you came through for me yet again. I can't believe that I'm saying this, but Nintendo Switchcraft has again been nominated for another podcast award. Um, this is our third time being nominated for the best uh, best gaming podcast uh, at the podcast awards. These are the 15th annual podcast awards. And uh, if you go to podcastaward.com and you scroll down to games and hobbies, uh, you can see that Nintendo Switchcraft was nominated by you as a show in the best games and hobbies podcast. So I have to say a huge, huge thank you uh, for that. You guys are amazing. I really do appreciate it. Uh, if you were selected as one of the, I think it is over 5,000 people who listen to all of these podcasts and vote, then if you're going to vote for Nintendo Switchcraft, thank you very much. Um, to the people who also tried nominating 143 Pixels, that, that one didn't make it in. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. It has about a tenth of the listenership of Nintendo Switchcraft, but uh, thanks to everybody uh, that nominated uh, the show. You guys are absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Okay, let's have a conversation. And I, I anticipate that this is going to lead into a mailbag topic uh, as well. But let's have a conversation about Pikmin. Uh, Pikmin 3 recently announced uh, announced recently announced for the Nintendo Switch is um, uh, you know there's a lot of people who are happy about it because they want to play this game and there's also a lot of people who are very unhappy that Pikmin 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch and here's here's why there's a lot of people who are unhappy that this game is coming to this platform. 
there's a, there's a couple of different reasons. Reason number one, and this is the reason that I feel like holds the least amount of water. Um, reason number one that people don't want this game on Nintendo Switch is because they've already played it on the Wii U. And to those people who say, don't bring this game to the Nintendo Switch because I already played it before, I say to those people, I don't really care. Um, just don't buy it again. I mean, there's there's no rule that says just because it's a first-party Nintendo game that you have to uh, play it on Nintendo Switch. There's no rule that says that you know, as a game comes out, you must buy it. So if you're not interested in this game because you've already played it on the Wii U, then just skip it, move on. That's that's one reason why people are unhappy that this is coming to the Switch. And I think that most of the people that are unhappy about this fall into that first category. Now, the second category holds a little more weight and that second category, that second reason, I guess, is what I would say, is the price of the game. Okay, so uh, how much does Pikmin 3 cost on Nintendo Switch? Well, it costs a video game price, which you, you all know what that is. It's roughly 60 bucks. And a lot of people are looking at this and they're like, well, hold on. Um, it shouldn't be that much because it's an old game. And to the people who ha who give that argument, I would say, okay, you do have a point. The game has been around for a while, and to have the game launch at $60 is a little too high, possibly. But here's what we got to think about. If the game is new to you, then... What's the difference if the game has been out for uh, for a few years on another platform? And I've had this argument with people many, many times, where I've I've you know you know there's a game that was on PS4 or something and it's ported to Nintendo Switch, or there's a game that was on Steam and it was ported to consoles in some way, and people say, well, hold on. Um, I shouldn't have to pay full price for a game that's been out for years and years and years. And my my counter argument to that is that, yes, while this game has been out for years and years and years, um, it hasn't been out on this platform, this new platform. In this case, Pikmin 3 has been out for a long time, but it wasn't on Nintendo Switch. And so I think it's perfectly acceptable for Nintendo to charge full price for this because it's new to a lot of people. Let's think about the Wii U. The Wii U only sold 14.7 million units worldwide. Only 200,000 copies of Pikmin 3 were ever sold. And so there's the, the vast majority of people have not played this game before. So to them, it's new. And making a game and porting a game are both things that take work. Now, let's think about it this way. Nintendo made Pikmin 3, and they spent the money that it takes to make Pikmin 3, but only 200,000 people ever bought that game. 
And because only 200,000 people ever bought that game, Nintendo probably didn't make very much money on that particular game. It costs a lot of money to make games. So, Nintendo re-releasing this game, they need to they need to make up the money that they lost on making the the game the first time around. And and I will fully admit I don't know that they lost money. I'm just making an argument here. I'm playing devil's advocate. Okay? So they need to make up the money that they didn't make the first time around. And they need to pay to have the the people who are in charge of of porting this system or this game to a new system that like that costs money. There's not a, a button that you can press and just say port to switch and it's done. It doesn't work that way. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into porting it. And they added a bunch of new, like um, multiplayer stuff, like co-op stuff. You can now play through the whole game in co-op. Like that is a whole bunch of extra work. They added new missions. That's a lot of extra work. So, I think it's acceptable that Nintendo charge $60 for Pikmin 3. Okay, so um, I've kind of set up two arguments and then picked both of those apart. Let's talk about argument number three. And this is the one that I think holds the most water. The most water. Um, So here's number three. The game was $20 on the the Wii U eShop. And once this announcement happened, it was removed from the Wii U eShop. And there's a lot of people who kind of are bothered by that because I mean, honestly, they're they're taking away your ability to buy this game at $20 on the e on the Wii U eShop so that they can push more sales on the Switch. And while it definitely that definitely makes me little is there are they twirling mustaches over there, you know? That makes me a little I don't like that. But at the same time, this game is I mean, let's go back to that first argument. This game it's an old game, right? It's been around for a while. Of the 14.7 million uh, Nintendo Switches, or I'm sorry, Nintendo Wii U's that were sold, and and only 200,000 people purchased Pikmin 3, my guess is if you were going to pick up Pikmin 3 for the Wii U, you probably already would have by now, and having it be released for the Switch is not likely to have changed your mind about it. I think it's very unlikely that people were like, oh, I got my Wii U sitting here and I see that there's this there's this this game coming to Switch. Maybe I'll pick it up on on uh, Wii U instead. I think that that like that's a straw man argument that I think a lot of people make. They're like, well, I would have bought it on there, uh, but they now they won't let me. Well, okay, but if you were going to, you probably already would have. And the Switch announcement... I don't think is really going to push somebody over the edge to pick this up for uh, the Wii U. I, I think that of the three arguments, that's definitely the most damning one. But even then, I think it's probably okay. I, I talked about it a little bit on the last episode. So here's my question 
to all of you, uh, dear listener. And you can reply to me on Twitter. I'm going to tweet this out after I finish recording this segment. Do you think Nintendo charging $60 for Pikmin is okay? All right. I'm at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. Get a hold of me there. And uh, we can continue this discussion in our mailbag episode. Speaking of Wii U ports, uh, we've had a lot of Wii U ports on the Nintendo Switch so far, like a ton of them. And, you know, I've never had a problem with getting all of these Wii U ports on the Nintendo Switch. Does not bother me, even a little, because if I want to buy this game, then I will. And if I don't want to buy this game because I already bought it, then I won't. And I have the power to make that choice. Uh, so here, here's my next question. What's left to port to the Nintendo Switch? Like, let's let's take a look at the Wii U's catalog. And let's see, what other games do we want to come to the Nintendo Switch? So I sat down while I was making the show notes, and I came up with, uh, I don't know, like 10 games that came out on the Wii U to a, an incredibly small audience, and um, then have not yet been ported with a deluxe version to the to the Nintendo Switch. And I want to talk about each one of these uh each one of these games and why I think it's either a good thing or a bad thing that it's been port that it has not yet been ported. So let's start let's start with a really really interesting JRPG. And people in Twitch chat are already giving ideas. They're saying, "Hey, what about this? What about that? We'll get to those in just a second, I promise. Um, so let's start with a really cool JRPG. And this one, I think, has an incredibly high chance of being ported from the Wii U to the Nintendo Switch. And that is Xenoblade Chronicles X. Xenoblade has found its feet. It's found its uh, its calling. Finally, after all of these years, you know, it originally came out, uh, Xenoblade came out on the Wii, and, you know, I don't know how well it did on the Wii, but I had never really heard of it until much, much later. Eventually, Xenoblade came to the 3DS, and it did okay on the 3ds. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a lovely game. I had I had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, wasn't the best experience playing it on the 3ds though. The new Nintendo 3ds, mind you. But then they made Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii, and I played that one, and I really liked what I played. But I, you know, I didn't like a couple of things that they did, a couple of choices that they made with that particular game. Uh, mostly about the sound design and the mixing. So I'll give you an example. You would be in the middle of a cutscene and you wouldn't be able to hear the dialogue that the characters were saying because the music, the very annoying music, was in the background. And it was so irritating that I ended up just washing my hands of that game and moving on to play something else. Not that I need excuses to stop playing a game to play something new, because that's what I do. Um, but then Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came to the Nintendo Switch, and that game kind of skyrocketed the Xenoblade series into like everybody's 
uh, like right in front of everybody's face. Suddenly, the Xenoblade series kind of went mainstream, it felt like. You know, I'm, I'm sure that, that there were people who were like, oh, cool, Shulk is in Smash Brothers. But that's nothing compared to how how huge Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was. And man, what a absolutely fantastic masterpiece of a game Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was. And then Nintendo recently ported Xenoblade Chronicles, the, the original one from the Wii, that also came out on the 3DS. They then just brought out the definitive edition on the Switch. And in a month, it sold like a million copies. It sold really, really well. Um, it, it like I think it was both that and I just read an article earlier today that said both Xenoblade Chronicles and um, the 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 tabletop board game collection that are uh, 52 games in one I can't remember the name of the game anyway that game sold a million copies as well but Xenoblade Chronicles did really well on the Nintendo Switch and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did extremely well on the Nintendo Switch so I think it is not a, not an issue of of if but an issue of when we will see Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Nintendo Switch and if we do when we do let me change that to when we do i hope that they fix some of the irritations in the first one it is a huge game uh with with uh, hundreds of hours of of gameplay in it uh, you are in like this weird sci-fi world. You can get robots that fly and you drive around in a tank that can transform into an airplane. It's some crazy stuff is happening in Xenoblade Chronicles X. And I think that there's a really good chance of that being ported to the Nintendo Switch. Let's move on. Um, Kodiak Moonwolf said two of them uh, right off the bat. Uh, he said Skyward Sword, which was never actually on the Wii U. That was on the Wii. Uh, but yeah, that would be a great addition. And Twilight Princess. So, you know, I was thinking of Zelda games, and we have Twilight Princess HD and Wind Walker HD. Now, these are both remakes of games already, but I want them on the Nintendo Switch. I want them on the Nintendo Switch because I want to be able to play them wherever I feel like playing them instead of being stuck in one room. Uh, so I think that that would be really, really awesome if we were able to get those games on Nintendo Switch. There's not much that I have to say about it other than Wind Waker. Wind Waker is one of the most beautiful games that has ever been made. And oh my God, does that hold up? Even if you go back and look at the old GameCube version of the game, it holds up visually. Um, you know, I talked earlier about one of my pod, another one of my podcasts, 143 Pixels. I was interviewing uh, Per Schneider. He's one of the co-founders of IGN because uh, he's going to be on season four, which is uh, coming out soon uh, in like three weeks, I think. Um, he's on season four of 143 Pixels, and we were talking about Zelda games, and we were like, "Yes, absolutely." Wind Waker is this this the art style that they chose for that game is just so perfect and timeless that it will always look good no matter what system it's played on. Uh, so absolutely, port Wind Waker to the Nintendo... Port every Zelda game to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, all right. This one is one that I think a lot of people missed out on. I didn't play the Wii U version of it, but I played the 3DS version of it. 
and that's the NES Remix Pack. If you never played the NES Remix Pack, here's how it works. Basically, you you play these old NES games, but they are they have like a, a, a slight twist to them. So that when you are playing these games, it's not exactly the same as it was before. Um, so you'll have like, I don't know, 30 seconds to accomplish a quick task in Kung Fu. And then you'll uh, go ahead, go on to the next thing and you'll have to accomplish another task, except this time uh, you're doing uh, may- maybe instead of the the main character, Thomas in Kung Fu, it would be Link from Zelda 2 is now in Kung Fu and you have to go through like that that first level with with the um with the the knife throwing guys and the 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 guys that run up and grab you um so like that's the NES remix and it's an awesome awesome really really fun game and and having that game with online and high scores and stuff like that would be fantastic so i would love to see the NES remix pack uh, ported from the Wii U to the Nintendo Switch, or make a sequel. I would be fine with a sequel to that instead. Instead of making remaking the game, just make a new one. Make an NES repack, uh, remix, NES remix pack part three or something. Uh, because I think the the one for the Wii U was a part two, and I I played the original one on on the um, on the 3DS. Awesome, awesome game. Animal Crossing is huge right now. Um, it's it's sold a, a bajillion copies. There's so many copies of Animal Crossing out there. It's everywhere. It's funny. Um, Gary Witta, who uh, I guess he works with the kind of funny guys, and he also is one of the writers of Star Wars Rogue One, uh, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I love that movie. He started an Animal Crossing talk show where it's like, it's like the formulaic late night talk shows like, you know, Dave Letterman and stuff like that. And he does it all in Animal Crossing and he's had, you know, celebrities on there like Brie Larson and, and stuff like that. But um, I guess tonight or tomorrow, one of these, one sometime recently, um, the I think Larry Herb, who is the, the head guy over at, you know, I'm probably the head, the head Microsoft Xbox guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now for some reason because I got goldfish memory, but he's going to be on this Animal Crossing uh, talk show, right? The, this late night talk show all about Animal Crossing. And like, you don't even see the real people. You just see their Animal Crossing characters. Like, that's how huge Animal Crossing is. Everybody's playing that. And so why wouldn't Nintendo port... Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. I can think of a lot of reasons that Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival would not be ported to the Nintendo Switch. I think that it would be a mistake. I think that it would tarnish the name of Animal Crossing. On the, like, because right now Animal Crossing New Horizons is fantastic. Joel Mead in chat is telling me Phil Spencer. Thank you very much because I forgot his name. Yeah, Phil Spencer is going to be on the uh, the Animal Crossing uh, talk show. Thank you, Joel. Um, so anyway. Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. I think that that is a bad idea. Do not port that game to the Nintendo Switch Nintendo. It was not very well received. We own it here in this house. Uh, My son asked for it, and we played it like three or four times, and we decided it's not very fun. Plus, you don't want people to have to go out and find those 
those uh, amiibo because you know I'm going into a store these days and finding an amiibo. Well, going into a store these days is pretty tough to begin with. But if that game came out, you can imagine scalpers all over the place trying to sell uh, Tom Nook and Isabel Amiibos to you uh, <laughs> and making a killing doing it. All right, let's move on. Paper Mario Color Splash. The, the likelihood of this coming, I think, is pretty slim. A, it wasn't very well received. B, we have a sequel. We have the new Paper Mario Origami King on Nintendo Switch. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, for them to port this game to Nintendo Switch. Uh, however, you know, maybe they will, but I think it would be a mistake. Uh, okay, now this one is up there with Xenoblade Chronicles as far as likelihood that it will happen, and that would be Super Mario 3D World. That's the one that first introduced the cats, and it's it's such a good game. Uh, I played through it and actually finished it. I had a blast with it. I actually liked the Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS better than the one on the Wii U, but the one on the Wii U is also really, really good. Uh, it's got a cool boss fight with Bowser, and it, overall, it's just a really, really good game. And Nintendo would be foolish not to port that game to the Nintendo Switch. Um, then we've got Star Fox Zero. That game was kind of critically panned. People didn't really like it, and it had that weird mechanic where you had to have two screens. I don't think that that's going to happen. I would prefer that instead Nintendo make a new Star Fox game that doesn't make you play uh, holding your Switch up in front of you with your arms at like a 90-degree angle the whole time. I think that's a would be a huge mistake. And then we've got Nintendo Land. Nintendo Land is a mini game collection on Nintendo Switch, or on, I'm sorry, on the Wii U. It's awesome. It's really, really good. But a lot of those require you to have two screens or multiple screens. So the only way that I can really see Nintendo Land working is if it's, I mean, it is a multiplayer game first, but it, it, it's a game where I think that it would work if they have, they sell Nintendo Land. And then they also have a free version that lets you download the game, but you can't really play it on your own unless you are connected to like a main game. Um, and in the same way that they did with the 52 games in one game, which I can't think of the name of again, um, like that has a free version that has a couple of games that you can play that are like demos. And then the main way that you play that free version is by connecting to the real game that people actually pay for. Bowser13 in chat is reminding me it's Clubhouse Games. Thank you very much. Um, so I think Nintendo Land would be awesome. My family had a blast playing that, especially the one where you are playing hide and seek and like one person plays as Mario and everybody else is trying to catch him. Uh, it was really awesome. And I would love to have that where we can buy the uh, copy for the house and then everybody has uh you know their free version that they've got on their on their own nintendo switch that they can connect to uh and then finally and this is not a, a list of every game that was on the wii u that has not been ported to the nintendo switch but the next one that i thought of was yoshi's woolly world and i don't think that that's going to happen mostly because we have a sequel to that we have the next yoshi game especially the the next yoshi yarn based game 
it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to also port Woolly World. But hey, I've been wrong before. So of all of these games that I have just listed off, and I've listed off a bunch, which do you think would be the best for the next port to the Nintendo Switch? Let me know on Twitter. I'm at RunJumpStomp. Two quick lightning round things, and then I'm going to get out of your hair. Uh, number one, there has been a quote-unquote leak at the official Crash website. Uh, somebody, um, Twitter user Sunwer Prower, um, hit that like a keyboard combination, which shows you the code of the website, basically. And in there, there is a spot where it says platform label push Nintendo Switch. So... Uh, right now, we have it listed as for the PS4, for the Xbox One, but it has not yet been listed for Nintendo Switch, but that is currently in the website and just hidden. Like, you can't see it right now, but it's there. Uh, so, do you think that Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, is going to come to Nintendo Switch? I don't know. I don't care either because I'm not a Crash Bandicoot guy. I have never once played a Crash Bandicoot game. But Bill, maybe you'll really like it. Maybe I will really like it. But I don't know. Uh, who, who, who knows? Maybe I will. Uh, but I'm not like super excited for it. But you know what? This show is not just about what I like. It's also what about what you guys like. So I wanted to make sure that you guys knew about that. The last thing that I wanted to talk about is one of Nintendo's biggest third-party um, developers... Well, maybe not biggest, but they've been supporting Nintendo consoles for a really long time is Image Informed Games. They are the people behind the SteamWorld series. And recently, during the the Xbox announcement, uh, they showed off this new game called The Gunk. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful game. Like, it looks really fantastic, uh, really pretty. But it, it's, it's, an, it's an Xbox exclusive Okay, so people were curious, oh, hold on a sec. If it's Why isn't it coming to Nintendo Switch? Like, Image Informed Games has always been huge supporters of Nintendo Switch. And we, we do have a reason as to why it did not come to Nintendo Switch. And here are the quotes. It says here, from the beginning, I think we thought the gunk was going to come to all platforms, but... We realized that it's such a complex game and requires so much power. So like we were making sprints and then we'd have to go back and see how is this going to run. So we decided, let's see who we can talk to who has really powerful hardware. And then we talked to Microsoft and they really liked the game like instantly. So it was a bit of a discussion back and forth with them. And we just landed that this is actually in a quite happy position where we are right now. Basically... Uh, Microsoft is giving them a hat full of money and saying, make it for the Xbox. And, you know, I have often complained about games being, I don't want to phrase this. I've often complained about exclusivity when somebody money hats a game. So, hey, here's a, here's a pile of money. Um, don't publish this on other platforms. I don't like that. However, I am okay with here's a bunch of money so you can make this game, bring it to our platform. That's perfectly acceptable. What's not acceptable 
is, you know, when a third party says, okay, you gave me a big bunch of money. I'm not going to um, port this game to other platforms because you gave me money not to. I don't like that. I'll give you an example. Sony giving uh, Square Enix a pile of money to keep Spider-Man only on the PlayStation version of the new Avengers game. Like, that's lame. That's not cool. Do we often know whether or not somebody is giving a pile of money to prevent a port or if somebody is bankrolling a game so that it can get made? That's a tough call. I I think we're pretty safe to assume that Square Enix could make the the Spider-Man stuff for Avengers without Sony's help. So that's money hatting that in the worst possible way. Um, as far as you know, a smaller publisher or a smaller developer like Image Inform Games to make a big, what looks to be like a AAA style game, which is outside of their wheelhouse. Like they make the the Steam World games. Like they probably needed a an infusion of cash in order to make that happen. And so I think that that is acceptable because they're smaller. Uh, so. You know, look at it the way you want to look at it. Here's the thing. SteamWorld is indeed, this is another another quote. Uh, SteamWorld is indeed closely associated with Nintendo, and we certainly haven't made our last SteamWorld game. Nintendo Switch and future Nintendo con- consoles are natural parts of those plans. Of course, people will get on there and be like, whoa. The guys at Image of Ford and Games said that uh, future Nintendo consoles, do they know something? Maybe, but I doubt it. I don't think that we're going to see any new Nintendo consoles for a long time. Um, I, maybe a Switch Pro? Just to give a little more power? But I, I don't think so. I think that uh, Nintendo is very happy to stay where they are. And I kind of go back and forth on this. Like, if you go back a couple years... A couple of years. Um, uh, well, let, let's say you go back a hundred episodes. I probably had said exactly the opposite that they're, they've got to make the Nintendo Switch Pro. Who knows? Anyway, let's wrap up the show. I have to say, I have the best patrons. You guys are amazing. And uh, at the end of every show, I thank our patrons and I specifically call out our producers. Producers like Josephine, Eric Smith, Jordan Fords, Matt Hadfield, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Trucker Paul, and... Hold on, he changed his name. What is this? Podcast Listener? (laughs) He changed his name to Podcast Listener. Well, thank you very much uh, to each and every one of you guys. I really do appreciate it. And thank you to all of our patrons. If you want to support independent gaming news, then do me a favor. Head on over to patreon.com slash run jump stomp. That's patreon.com slash run jump stomp. All right. In addition to being able to get to the Patreon by going to my website, uh, you can also get to my YouTube channel, my Discord, my Twitter, my Twitch. You can get to all of those things by heading to runjumpstomp.com. They're all on my website. Um, let's go ahead and say thank you to note block all of the music that you heard on the show uh not the live show because the live show has different music but all of the music that you heard on the podcast version of this show was made by note block so if you haven't already checked out their stuff go to the show notes scroll down and click 
and check out their stuff because they've got a lot of amazing music. All right, I'm out of here. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.